Hello and welcome to University Challenged with me, your host, Tony Kent. In this episode, I'll speak to Liz War, Global Director of Sales Enablement at Crayon. Throughout our conversation, we talk about standing on your own two feet when you're 18, navigating corporate life, owning the fact that you don't have a degree when everyone around you assumes that you do, and how important it is to have a supportive partner when combining a career with parenthood. She also shares her experiences of coaching a local under-15 female football team and how lateral thinking and being real about money and lifestyle helped her open up the world of tech careers to the players. I know you're going to love this one. If you know someone that would benefit from it, please give it a share. Hello, Liz. Hey, Tony. Welcome to University Challenge. Thank you for agreeing to come on. Um, I've wanted to speak to you about this for a long time. So you and I worked together many, many, many years ago. Oh, a few years ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I know a little bit about you, but for the listeners today and the listeners to come, would you mind saying your full name and what it is that you do? Sure. Uh, so I'm Liz Wall and um, I'm currently the Global Director of Sales Enablement at Crayon. Excellent. And Crayon is... Um, they are a um, solutions provider, so we work with customers to uh, help them optimise their tech, um, but also get them to start thinking very innovatively on how they really want to maybe challenge their industry or think differently about efficiency of working and you know, really kind of build a relationship with our customers to, to help them succeed ultimately. Great. Yeah. Now, that's today. Um, let's go back a little bit and <laughs> tell me about secondary school for you. What was it like and, and did you enjoy it? So secondary school, um, I would say on the most part, I probably didn't enjoy it. Um, and I just, I just remember being bullied actually a lot um, within my school career. Um, there were some, there were very few great teachers, but actually those teachers that were great, I do remember very fondly. Um, but I just remember thinking I just wanted to get out of the place, to be honest. Yeah. And um, what, um, so you would have studied for GCSEs. Mm -hmm. What subjects did you take? So I did drama, geography, um, did math, science, English and yeah. um, French uh it yeah. and is there anything else i think that was it mm -hmm. yeah i think that's it and how did you get on uh, i actually didn't do too badly so when you know we do the mocks and things i yeah. actually um my mock exams were awful i was getting e's f's i had a yeah. you know really low grade so i wasn't really expecting much um but actually i was when i was at secondary school I was probably like the second highest set so in most of my subjects and I always remember lining up in the the queue to get my GCSE results and um, I think because of where I was in set wise you can either have the higher paper or the foundation paper yeah. so pretty much I was always in the foundation paper yeah and my um, maths teacher came running out to me and he said you got your C and C was the mm. highest grade you could get of that foundation yeah. Yeah. So actually, oh, and I did art as well. Sorry. So I got an A for art. Um, yeah. I got B for uh, B for English, um, yeah. and then I got C's across the board um, with the foundation papers. 
Yeah. And actually, I was told in geography that oh, I should have put you on the higher paper because you would have got an A because your <laughs> coursework was A. And I was like, okay, good, thanks. Yeah, thanks for telling me that. Maybe yeah. definitely with that. <laughs> uh, and actually, I did really enjoy geography. I quite I enjoyed um, the learning about different countries, different cultures, that type of thing. Mm. And I still, and actually, that runs through very true of me now. Um, mm. And actually, if I think about being in a global role you deal with so many different people you travel to lots of different countries so actually having that kind of understanding was it I don't know it's, I suppose it flows through to now um but yeah I think I think with um secondary school it's just such a you know in such a big environment it's you I think the way we're educated today is still quite archaic uh it hasn't really changed in the hundreds of years that people have been taught at school unfortunately and I just have a different learning style which didn't really adapt to that environment yeah and what happened when you got your results did um did you go on to do sixth form or college I could not wait to get out of that school so I went straight to college yeah (laughs) um (laughs) yeah bye (laughs) yeah bye um and yeah I went to Reading College um of art and design and I did um fine art and design and photography um and I also did quite a few uh, like evening courses as well at the same time like fashion and um website design and things like that too yeah so you um sounds like to me you did what lots of people say you ought to do when it comes to uni is like find something you love mm-hmm. and because that's it so you've taken a whole group of creative subjects there did you have an intention to go on to a career in like creative arts or yeah I actually really wanted to be an interior designer um because I worked I used to work with a photographer who used to take pictures of huge houses for estate agents so you know Wentworth Avenue like 11 million pound house and so on and it was just looking at the interiors some of them might be like wow that looks incredible other times I'd be like "Mm, I need a bit of help Um, (laughs) but it was and then and then I got speaking to a couple of interior designers and I just thought oh this is really cool and then speaking to like they did have career advisors at school occasionally that would be like okay well you know if you wanted to be an interior designer you then have to do I think it was about three years in university and this amount of time in college and this and this and so on and I thought at the time at school I thought okay you know that that sounds fair enough and then you'd come out with a a 50 grand salary yeah Um, and I thought okay so that's your average salary and then I think I got to college and again I I just didn't I don't know I don't feel that I I pushed myself probably as far Mm. as I could do and I don't know whether my heart was totally in it and again the learning I think actually art this is my personal opinion art photography you know think things that are creative in that way I sometimes think you're natural at it or you're not Mm. and I think you should go and maybe do I think I did a lot of evening courses to go and kind of get some of that awareness of fashion or the things that I really enjoyed but I didn't feel that I could just do that long-term learning because Mm. I often sometimes think it influences people to be very similar if they're if you've got 20 people being in the same class and they're learning the same thing but you have a natural flair in a different way how does that then influence you to be the same as everybody else yeah yeah 
yeah it's interesting I think um I know my kids complained about it when they would do art at school like why am I being taught to do this and this and this but I guess you have to learn certain disciplines but you could have a flair like you say you could be an amazing abstract artist so you don't want to spend a lot of time drawing bowls of fruit <laughs> yeah yeah and I think and the, the same with interior design I think I just mm. I didn't I didn't see the point actually in going to university but I also loved so many different things and I found it really difficult to choose mm. you know, what I wanted to do next yeah. um, having looked back actually I think had I have done something business aligned and then put that into maybe creating an interior design business yeah. because again like the you know the natural thing around looking at colors and understanding colors and how things work in a room and you know using depth and all of that kind of stuff again you can you can learn that quite quickly and some of it is natural and you have your own taste and you work with clients and things what I wouldn't have been aware of is actually the business implications of how to run a business for an interior design purposes yeah yeah um and did your um college or your parents um float the idea of university with you was it expected or offered uh from my parents very much expected um and I think actually university pretty much expected as well so I got to the point of where I completed the UCAS form yeah. um but I said oh I wanted to defer a year because I wasn't quite sure what I wanted I chose the universities that looked great to me um, my, I've got relatives that live in Huddersfield and Huddersfield yeah. Uni looks great for creativity and things. So they were yeah. like, oh, you come and live in our loft and, you know, it's, yeah. it's a nice loft. <laughs> you can yeah. come and live there in, that, in our, the apartment up in the loft and, uh, you know, be yeah. fine. So it was kind of, you know, pretty much on the cards and big expectations from my family because my mum, even though, you know, very successful, again, uh, she went into tech um she didn't go to university yeah um here's a question for you then because my guest prior to you was the first person I'd spoken to whose mum was on LinkedIn so you tagged her in a post is your mum on LinkedIn she is yeah she is wow oh yeah. so she's yeah. still in the industry she's recently retired so okay. uh, about oh, when was it January she retired oh that's so cool okay so you you your mum was a woman in tech mm -hmm. okay and didn't go to uni what about your dad so my dad was also in tech so he was um, a salesperson at digital um uh -huh. and uh, my stepdad was also in like telecommunications uh, yeah you know came from you know both my mum and my dad came from you know very working class backgrounds yeah um and they've just they just kind of you know worked hard themselves and and kind of fell into the industry really ah right so i think you're the first person <laughs> that's been the first guest that's been on whose um family have been in tech and who's gone on to sort of follow that because i've interviewed lots of people who work for lots of big software companies yeah but i think yeah you're the first whose parents had been in the industry um so what happened what made you decide that you definitely weren't going to go to uni then so you deferred for a year what did you do with that year uh, I actually just went to work um which actually I always think is that defining moment when you have some money in your pocket yeah. and you know you're doing something you enjoy 
and you're good at it and you yeah. think actually do I now want to go and spend three years doing something that I don't even know if I want to do it and yeah. then come out with so much debt that mm. it actually just did I weighed up the options yeah. and as, a, as much as a disappointment it was to my parents and actually my um my mum and my stepdad moved to Italy when I was 18 yeah. and then my dad and my stepmom moved to Spain when I was 19 so oh, that wow. had a bit of a factor as well I was kind of like well you know I need a roof over my head I kind of I yeah. you know I want to make sure that I'm you know feeding myself and yeah like that so yeah wow. and that's quite um I mean that's quite, like you say it's a very defining moment to become an adult and then have to properly support yourself yeah 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 oh, what was your first job then what what was the job that you took uh, so I mean I'd been working since I was 16 anyway so I, I was working whilst I was at college yeah. and so I was only at college three days a week so the other two days a week um, I worked at um, the Bracknell Ski and Snowboard Centre as a yeah. ski technician and then um, and then when I actually took the deferral year I took a job in retail yeah. So again, you know, love. I I could tell you everything about G Star and how they make jeans ergonomically Ooh. shaped, and yeah. about you know all of it and how to buy in for shops and the amount that they put on and you know all of this kind of stuff and you yeah. know what attracts people to into a shop because of the window displays. Yeah. Um, and I really, really enjoyed it. You know, we used to have you know loads of people come in on a Friday or Saturday afternoon, and you knew that they were going out that night. They just had this look of panic on their faces. Yeah, like well, I need an outfit for tonight. And you know, it was a great chance to be you know a bit more of a fashion advisor versus just yeah. you know a sales assistant or a shop assistant. Um, yeah. But I tell you what, my wardrobe is pristine every single day because the way that they teach you to fold as well never leaves you really Um, I was thinking of creating my own business of uh, um, sorting people's wardrobes so I had little business cards and uh, Mm. the owner of the shop I worked for let me put them on the side and I um, I did a few people's wardrobes as well which is now a huge thing so I mean yeah maybe I could get back into that (laughs) yeah it is you were like I don't know well you know Marie Kondo's a bit of a different proposition but she was all about the folding and the rolling and the you know oh right see I knew um Naina McIntosh who's founder of Hope Fashion she has been on the podcast and she talked about when Next came into market and they started arranging clothes by outfit and by colour and she was saying by and, and when she had previously, I think, been at M- M&S, they were like, what is this thing with Next? What is it they're doing? And they yeah. were winning all their customers. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, we just, because it was an independent shop as well, um, yeah. it was like the one that everyone used to go to, which was quite good. So they had a, a good footfall anyway. Yeah. Um, but I will always remember this woman came in and I, I always used to try on all the clothes beforehand because I think as long as you know how they fit and how you yeah. fit, and um, you can really you know give people that detail yeah uh, and I always remember this moment she's like oh I'm looking for a dress or whatever for tonight and I only in black I only ever wear black but yeah. I could just tell with her coloring she's she wears green she needs to wear green anyway I picked yeah. picked out this dress and I was like can you do me a favor it's just come in today can you just try it on and let me know what you think um you don't yeah. have to show me but I, I just haven't had a chance to give it a go anyway she bought yeah. it uh, so 
Wow. Um, okay. So being a, you know, basic stylist, wardrobe organizer, <laughs> but like knowledge about cool brands. Um, how did you get from there into IT? So I think um, I, I felt like I needed to grow up a little bit um, and I needed a bit more of a serious job. Yeah. Uh, so actually, I just went to a recruitment company, um, Reed, and they um, yeah. they put, pointed me in the direction of Ascot Racecourse. Yeah. Um, and I started um, working full time there selling hospitality packages for the um, race meets. So wow. like the Parade Ring restaurant, which uh, at that point, I think it was like £1,300 per person um, for like Royal Week. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was just crazy mental um, mm. money, but it was um, it was really good. And I, I, I'll always look back at that fondly because that was my pure, my first pure like telesales type job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, my favourite ever memory of that is being put in front of the Besbra fashion show with um, Philip Tracy and, and Vivian Westwood um, fashion walking down and things so it was actually quite nice to be still part and parcel of you know yeah. that um, but I was and then after that I um, I went and started working for a company called Fast which uh, was a kind of the sister company of the Federation Against Software Theft. Yeah okay um, and what did you do there? So as a customer account manager and I was working with um, lots of different companies to help implement a software asset management program. So, um, yeah. you know, at that point, the big vendors like Microsoft and Oracle yeah. and, and so on were contacting customers, making sure that they were using their software correctly. Um, and yeah. at this point, we were one of the consultancy businesses that they either had a membership or they would work with us on a consultancy basis. Um, yeah. for us to help them optimize and make sure that they had everything correct before the likes of Microsoft came in asking for uh, yeah. what they're using. <laughs> I remember some of the scary campaigns that, you know, we're watching you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it was interesting. Um, it's something that struck me, actually, is that you went um, fashion retail, hospitality, IT software or licensing software asset management and is there a common thread in there for you that that did it ever bother it you know was there a moment where you thought this is the industry I want to be in or no I don't think it was I think it was hmm. more about um keeping a roof over my head to be honest yeah I just I needed to make money and as much as I loved retail and yeah. It was just at the beginning where the high street was starting to show a small sign of struggling. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I was thinking about opening my own shop and I was thinking, you know, I, I am someone that always has these kind of grand ideas. My, my big thing is creativity uh, and yeah. in all shapes and forms. Mm. But it just didn't feel right at that time. And I just felt, you know, I need to, what's more important, you know, keeping a roof over my head and feeding myself. And, you know, yeah. it was kind of like, I could come back to that. That could be my plan A, but I probably need to work on plan B. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Um, and and then you, you kind of, you from those early days of fast, you have been in tech ever since, is that right? 
Yeah, so I was, so at that time I was working at Fast during the week. On Saturday yeah. I was still at the shop and I also did um, dog sitting um, okay. on the side. So I pretty much had three jobs at the same yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So ever since then. Right. And um, at what point could you just have one job? Where? where? Uh, when I moved to Microsoft. Okay. And moving to Microsoft, so there are lots of people that would think, well, you have to be a graduate to work there, surely. Yeah. Um, was there an expectation or questions about that? Did you ever find that people would ask where you went to uni and be surprised that you didn't? All the time, all the time. So I started off as a contractor. Yeah. And during that time, um, I actually, I was working closely with the SAM team, funnily enough. Yeah. And because I, so I worked in a SAM business before, and then I worked with um, partners at Microsoft, which is, is a huge area of the business. Um, then when this role came up for a SAM services, SAM partner manager, it kind of, fit you know I don't I don't believe anyone necessarily had the same skill set that I had at that point that fit yeah. that type of role it was like it was created for me but at the time um, I think a lot because of the age that I was the same people that were going for that type of role were the graduates as well yeah and so I was I think I was as shocked as anybody else that I got the role and I think it was I, I do always thank um, the person who hired me into that role because you know, he took a chance on on me because of my experience and I had real world experience mm. versus, you know, the program that we had at Microsoft around graduates. So I was probably mm. one of the youngest people that wasn't a graduate at that point. Yeah. And I always used to get the question, where did you go to university? Are you a grad? Are you in the Mac program? Oh, why are you not in this session? Because we're all the Macs are here, all the grads are here. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm not one. Um, yeah. And it, it was it was quite isolating, actually. Mm. Um, and how did you, so how old were you at the time? So I was about 24, 25. Yeah. Mm. Um, and um, my approach to that, because I would get asked the same thing. I was asked to mentor some grads and one of them said, where did you go to uni? I said, I didn't. And they're like, how did you get in then? Yeah. I went, oh, oh, through the back door, because I worked for a exactly company that, that had been acquired. Um, yeah. But by the same token, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, as you say, you had so much to offer in terms of experience. Whoever is offered the job, there are, you're taking a chance. But I guess because they're hiring outside of what was the programme, yeah. um, it feels like they're taking a chance on someone who's highly experienced <laughs> I know uh, yeah actually when you put it like that because <laughs> I say exactly the same thing I came in for, I, I feel like I came in um the wrong way you know and it mm. was you know I kind of was swimming against the tide in a way um yeah but then I mean I that and I always I, I did also have a chip on my shoulder for quite some time because of that because you see all the job descriptions that were there it was like you need a bachelor's or you need this or you yeah. need that and um, I suppose it did put a lot of pressure um, on me to prove myself in the business. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't dislike that fact because I did prove myself in the business eventually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and you were there for more than 10 years. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. 12 years. 
yeah and um if i've got this right you need to correct me if i'm wrong i think you kept yourself busy outside of work while doing a big corporate career and striving and proving yourself and you know, moving up the ranks if you want to call it that you were busy outside of work with non-paid volunteering oh yes yeah yes yeah, yeah. i was just thinking yeah. i've got oh, it wrong was, yeah no yeah. i was yeah i was a football coach um, <laughs> yeah yeah oh good i was thinking if i've got this wrong i'm gonna no, no, really no, no, you're right. yeah so yeah, yeah so did, tell yeah. me tell me about your football coaching and how that kind of fitted in with everything else that you were doing well, I mean, I played football for years, so I, am, I absolutely loved it. So that was another thing that I really enjoyed, you know. So, yeah. you know, I, I did ballet. I loved creativity, art, football, um, really kind of sporty and things. And I played it for absolutely years. And I was trying to, I played women's football um, as well. But actually trying to find a team um, locally is so difficult um, because, yeah. you know, you can't get it. It wasn't as popular as it is now. And, and it's amazing to see, you know, obviously yeah. um, England, their performance the other night was just absolutely incredible. Yeah, and I follow very closely um, and yeah. it's really lovely to see that more females are getting into the sport. Yeah. Um, but actually one evening I was um, at a Christmas do and I was talking to one of my colleagues about wanting to get back into football and, and he introduced me to somebody else uh, Dion who was saying who came over and he was like well have you ever thought about coaching because mm. I'm not I'm not um, an introvert but I can be quite shy sometimes and I just thought oh how would I be in that kind of environment or you know how would I often I do worry about what people think of me and things like that, even teenagers. And, you know, and I just thought, oh, I don't know if I want to put myself in that situation. But yeah. he said, look, do you know what? Come along, try it out. He said, I'm just trying to create something. My my um, niece wants me to create this team. Um, they don't have one. We have a full boys company, like full male team. But we now need to look at a female team. Yeah. And he said, let's see, in Whitley Wood in Reading. Yeah. and we'd just give it a go and um yeah. I I've started and for five years we had this incredible team and um, we yeah. had the most diverse team in the league their yeah. talent was absolutely off the charts um, we, we won the league a couple of times yeah and and also um what what it did help me do was gain a relationship with the I was having a, a relationship with the University Technical College in Reading anyway yeah I was speaking to the girls at the same time about their future and about yeah. what they were doing because we'd often talk to them about the usage of social media and things like yeah. that because you don't you have this responsibility yeah. and we were also talking about you know because you know we had these cars and all of that kind of stuff in you know, a nice car or whatever yeah. what do you do and do I have to yeah. get to for that no you don't like try this technical college yeah and the technical college was saying about actually how they need to change how many females they're getting into the you know the the institution and things so we were trying to partner them up together and we were talking yeah. to them a lot about um you know females in the local area so yeah it was kind of this really nice trifecta approach between football work and this uh, university technical college yeah yeah it's fun. and and i think there's sort of little sparks going off in my mind about 
some of the work that you do, as you say, which is involving enabling others or you know, bringing people together, there's a kind of strong theme there um, about, I guess, working with communities and bringing people together and enabling them, whether that is by being correctly licensed or by saying to them, <laughs> if you follow this career into tech, you too could have a nice car. Um, equipping people with skills. Um, it feels like those things, like you say, that this trifecta aligned, if a trifecta can align, I don't came together for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it is. Um, I do, I, I really enjoy collaborating, collaboration. And, you know, one of my biggest things is like my network in and outside of Microsoft, like my network inside of Microsoft was probably my most valuable asset. And actually yeah. my network in general is my most valuable asset because I think without people, you can't get to where it is that you need to go. Um, and you, you, you're better doing it to, together than alone. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, highlighting new like innovative opportunities out of the different connections that you make is, yeah. is really exciting. And um, how did you find, um, so when it came to the point where you decided you wanted to move beyond um Microsoft so you've had like you know solid 12 years or so there um how did you sort of think about what you wanted to do next because it's easy to become quite institutionalized you could say well I'm here and it's massive and I could be here for you know the next oh, 20 yeah. years absolutely and, and that's the thought process I had so I felt and you know I still feel incredibly lucky to have worked at Microsoft I absolutely love the business I think you know I really believed in the mission and I still believe in the mission and I really in, like the leadership that Sachin now has is just, you know, when you watch him talking in front of you about the values and the ethics that he has, as well as that he wants the business to have. And, you know, the journey and the transition, the business went from, from the time I started to where it is today. I could have absolutely have kept my career in in Microsoft and I would have been absolutely happy to do so um, every company has its frustrations and things um, but you know I was looking for new opportunities internally I just I, I didn't quite feel that I was stepping into the like trying to find the right opportunity for me though I didn't yeah I, it's very it's such a complex environment mm. and therefore the complexity to find your next career path yeah. there is quite a bit of work you have to do and I felt yeah. like I did quite a lot of work to find out and do a lot of research but just I, I just I kept missing the mark nothing mm. quite fit for me and I think actually the the next thing I did want to do was a global role yeah. but that would have potentially mean moving to Seattle for instance yeah. and you know I'd ha actually had the potential opportunity a couple of times throughout my career at Microsoft and mm. um you know for whatever reason I decided it wasn't the right role for me um and this time it's not necessarily because it's not the right role it was because of now I needed the flexibility and I wanted the work-life balance because I have a two-year-old daughter yeah and so you know I I completely understand the work-life balance that happens in the the corp office and I just I just didn't know whether that was right for me at this time mm -hmm. um because for me I'm, I've got I've got a two-year-old and I want to spend all the time that I can spend with her so that was a huge factor that I've never even even thought of before prior to yeah. having her um and actually if I'm honest it was 
it, I made the decision to leave, but it, the opportunity approached itself to me. Yeah. And I actually felt quite, I was taken aback that an opportunity like that would actually come across my plate. And I thought mm. it's a leader that I truly believe in. It's a business that I know very well and I can see the growth um, projections and the opportunity to grow myself. And I just don't think I would have accelerated my career as quickly. Um, and it just looked, it was an exciting um, risk that I wanted to take. And I love that you said, so something that came up in a Women in Leadership event I was at was about women who don't stay in, in tech especially. And I just love how you said, well, I've got a two-year-old, I need the work-life balance that I want. You know, I, I, that's, that's something that I want to proactively make sure I'm in control of. So I'm going to do that by having a global role. But I love that it shows that you can have career progression and a global role mm -hmm. and you can have your family. You don't have to leave. And, it, and it, I, if I'm honest, it totally depends on the environment and the bit and the empowerment that that business provides you, because I think you know, when this opportunity came about, and it's actually still something that's really con cognizant at Crayon now, I always get asked, you know, have you got the right work-life balance? Have you, is the flexibility right for you? And yeah. actually now I'm like, just, it's fine, I'm all good. Don't worry about it. Don't worry, don't pass. <laughs> um, but it's, it's actually, I think, when businesses think about creating that culture and really, and really sticking by it, that, mm you know, really, that really does create that trust in you. And, you know, I, I work from home predominantly most of the time as well, which makes it really easy. Nursery is a five minute walk down the road. Um, yeah. You know, my, and I must say, actually, my husband is absolutely incredible. He's like, this is, this is your time to, you know, you go yeah. for it. You, you go, he's yeah. my biggest supporter. Um, yeah. And, you know, he's, he's the one that does the, you know, drop-offs a lot of the time the pickups if if needed you know we're very much 50 yeah. 50 but you know he's taken a more of an active role in that so it's great so yeah it's a really big thing and and what do you think has kind of held you in good stead throughout your career because you've been properly standing on your own two feet you know going back to when <laughs> your parents have gone going to Spain yeah. and Italy bye. yeah bye have fun in the UK don't do anything we wouldn't do so you've been very self-sufficient for a very long time but what what has been like sort of at your core what what do you think has has enabled you to do the things that you've done I think um I think a lot of it is and this is such a cliche but it is just working hard um, and just having like I had small little ambitions that I wanted so like by the age of 30 I wanted a BMW and quite a car girl by the way so like I had yeah, yeah. Four yeah. Cars so that I've seen them go through like different cars and uh, you know all of that kind of stuff so you know by the age of 30 I wanted a BMW um, yeah. and I wanted to own my own house because I when I was um, in the UK I think it was well sorry when my parents um, left the UK I think uh, over five years I've moved about 10 times or something like that in wow. different rented accommodations and things yeah and so I wanted stability mm. so it was it was being really clear about what my goal was and it was more of a personal goal than a career aspiration at that time yeah but actually in terms of like my core and who I am it's I'm 
I always like to think I'm really easy to work with and I'm really easy to talk to um, and I'm really inclusive and those are like my things that I I, and I support other people I really I really yeah. enjoy watching other people flourish yeah. um, because it, it's just it's great to see you know when um, I got involved in the apprenticeship program for Microsoft for instance I just love that and I was like I want to hire my own apprentice and yeah. so I did and that has taught me so much and I've loved watching her grow and um, you know that type of thing really really moves me forward and I think just being um, like it's really simple things like coming to things with a really positive attitude we all have our own things that we we go through um, and it's all relative. You can't, there's nothing to compare what one person goes through to the next person to the yeah. next. And so I always try and keep things for me as positive as I can. Yeah. And also being empathetic to what other people are probably going through as well. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how I've always been. And I always try and keep that and just staying humble. Like I feel so grateful to be, in this situation now that I that I am Um, yeah and um what advice who knows maybe the education system will have changed by the time your daughter comes to that age um but I guess well what advice would you give to or let's say you had your um your old football team around you you know what would you have said to them when it came to assessing what happens post education Mm. I'd kind of, um, I think it really depends on who they are as well. Um, mm. But really think about what what does truly make you happy, but what are your drivers? What drives, what's going to yeah. be the driver to, is it that you want to own your own house? Is it that you want to be a CEO? Is it that you want to be prime minister? Please, someone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, actually, I might have to go and give them a pep talk. Um, but... <laughs> whatever that driver is like really hone in on it and and forge everything from there because yeah. and, and and then also be really clear on what your values are and I think you know values mean very different things to different people but always mm. live by those values and just make sure that you're making yourself happy and can constantly reevaluate it and re-evolve yourself because I think you you don't stay as as we say in tech you know tech is ever evolving but so are people and I think it's okay to change your values and it's okay to change your career path and it's absolutely okay to want to do something different and take risks but just make sure that it's like what you totally believe in and what you want to do versus what everybody else tells you you should be doing yeah yeah I love that yes the should you should be Mm no yeah um okay and maybe like I I often ask people what's next but I know you're kind of new into your current position but I guess have you got like eventually do you think you're going to have the wardrobe hiding (laughs) business I don't know I did think actually funnily enough one of the tabs that I have open on my phone is a an interior design course because I was thinking when I retire I'd quite like something because I don't want to retire because I think actually I don't know what I'd do with myself yeah so I would love to do something like that as as I kind of go into my twilight years start creating that type of thing um But I don't know, to be honest with you, and I actually this is another advice that I would probably give is that don't have a 10 year career plan, don't have a five year career plan, Mm. have maybe an idea of, you know, 
that driver of where you want to be perhaps but I find it with roles that are changing so often who knows you know where they're yeah. going to end up and and like I say my my network was is my biggest asset and my network yeah. was the reason I have this role today and if someone yeah. came to me maybe in a couple of years or whatever or you know there was a different role available in the business that I'd never even thought of I'll just try it yeah yeah it's fantastic it's just great it's like a little mini coaching session this. <laughs> but I also I like the idea or I love certainly because I'm uh nearly 50 I mean I'm 47 but my kids like you nearly 50 but I have thought about how do you build for what is next so how do I sow that seed for what I might like to do in 10 years times and I love the thought that you've got this app open just there so in the background and yeah. it could be however long the handbags that I'm thinking of buying too maybe <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's just you know it's just a little reminder occasionally yeah know. yeah I'm, I'm definitely I mean I'm not coaching football now at the moment because uh, having a two-year-old and new job and things like that and and actually yeah. they're all grown up now and they've all started driving and going to university and starting their lives yeah um, but I would like to eventually get back into coaching again um I'm hoping my daughter likes it uh, yeah but yeah things you can like have that. a load of lionesses to look after <laughs> that's it absolutely why not um but yeah I think the world changes so quickly and I think it can evolve in different ways it's just I think it's being open-minded actually to what mm. what you, you may fall in love with in a couple of years you might see something different that you think oh I really like that I might give it a go yeah brilliant that's great Liz thank you so much for your time thank um, you it's good to see you again yeah lovely to see you too Bye.